Thunderbolt Strength. Welcome to the Thunderbolt Strength Podcast. This is Bryant Hankins. I have my co-host Molly. What's up, Bryant? And Kevin. What's up, Bryant? Today we have Yogi Grand, SGX certified coach, a Spartan world champion qualifier, and founder of the Strong as Oak Obstacle Course Training Program. Welcome to the show, Yogi. I guess I'm supposed to say, what's up, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a natural at this natural. podcast thing. <laughs> Some of these guests, they come in, they don't know what they're doing. He's a natural. So we like to start out with people's backstory and start to understand how they got into uh, athletics. So were you, were you always involved in athletic stuff? Or, you know, did you run an obstacle course when you were eight and decided that's <laughs> what you want to do for your life? Or how did you get started down this road? Uh, always into athletics, but mostly football and wrestling. Obviously, no one could tell, but too short for basketball. Loved it, but had no handles and couldn't jump. So that was out right away. Uh, what got me into OCR was my buddy's 40th birthday. He wanted to do something somewhat crazy, I guess. So it was decided we were all going to do our first obstacle course race, the Chicago Spartan. I believe it was 2013. And thank God they had, that was the year of the itch. Like we the all Spartan rash. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the ra- yeah. Rash. So, so for people that don't know what was the, the Spartan itch. So you went through, supposedly you went through the barbed wire crawl and they had poison ivy and they didn't clear out the course. Yeah, they had so, like maybe uprooted it. So they thought some of the oil had gotten into the water or something yes. like that from the poison ivy. Yeah. Nice. I had a couple bumps. I didn't have it as bad as my friends. They all got, they had to go to a dermatologist and doctor and get like uh, antibiotics on it. But if it wasn't for that, I would have never had an OCR career. Uh, so we did it for his 40th birthday. We did Chicago Spartan. And I was good at it. I was the best of that group. And I then I looked at my time afterwards, and it was a pretty good time. But I would never do it again till Spartan called and said, everyone who participated in this race, you get a free entry to next year's race because of this. So then... The competitiveness in me kicked in and it went to, well, if I have to do this again, I want to be damn good at it. So I started running, carrying buckets up hills, sandbags, and training for it. So when I came back the next year, it was on from there on. It was, I did really good, qualified for world championships, uh, and just kept going from there, building on that. So was this one of those things where you feel like you found something you were good at and it kind of clicked with you or was it one you were was it something like you were looking for your next challenge in life and this was what was it giving you that you weren't getting before you were doing no i definitely found something i was good at yeah it came easy and that's i have to remember that when i'm trying to break down obstacles for the classmates the students that just because this is easy for you hey it's a six foot wall all you do is a muscle up hook the leg and flip it yeah it's not that easy for most. So it really showed me how my body's conducive to this. I mean, it just works easy. It was easy for me. Yeah, to and it's with. funny how there is a difference between being good at something or naturally good at something and then teaching it to someone else. Yes. So it's, it's different skills. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in baseball, they always say the backup catcher is always the, makes the best manager, best coach because – He's obviously not good enough to be the starter, so he has to work harder, put the time in, break down every aspect of everything, 
and being a catcher, you know all the moves, the pitching. You, you're with the pitchers the most. So to be a good coach, you have to take a step back and break down every obstacle. Be like, okay, there's three points to this. You have to conquer the first one, move on to the next one, and then go. It's always good to learn something from somebody that used to suck at that thing. Yes. Because they had to go through the whole process. Yeah, not just, hey, I jumped on a rope and I rang the bell. <laughs> you got to learn there's uh, grip strength. It's a core pull-up and how to do the leg lock. It's three separate functions you got to learn. So when you did that first race, were there obstacles that you couldn't do? Cause it, rope climb. Okay, so... I guess for people that haven't done a Spartan, let's at least like fill that out. You, you've got running, you've got obstacles, mm-hmm. and then if you don't do obstacles, you have to do burpees or something? Or Yes, 30 burpees is a penalty. And when you do the open wave, people get intimidated by like, oh, it's an 8-mile, 10-mile course. You're running roughly a third of like three-quarters of a mile, and then you have an obstacle, and you have a bottleneck. So it's not you're running 8 to 10 miles. So... First time I think I did, I'm all, no, I'm positive. I did 90 burpees. I missed a rope climb because it was wet, and I didn't know how to lock my do the foot lock. Uh, I did the traverse wall. I fell off because I just didn't have grip strength back then. I guess I didn't know how to focus on that. And then what was the third one? Not sure. I but I know I did 90. I could definitely name that. And so. After Spartan said they're going to give us a free race, I hung a rope in my tree, grabbed a YouTube video from two Russian brothers, and sat there for about an hour. I learned, taught myself to J-hook and S-hook, and it was just sitting on a chair, pulling yourself up, and just trying to lock it in each time. So even though you were good at it, you did have to break it down for yourself. Yes. Well, I actually yeah. wasn't good. Good, enough. I got to do burpees the first time at the rope climb. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the thing a lot of people don't see is the uh, the practice that you have to do to get good at something. We were talking about this with Kevin with the parkour, and it's like all they see the awesome videos of you're jumping between buildings, but they don't realize that you just you know you spent whatever it was a month working on one simple precision jump, and that builds into these other things. Wait, so, is that the Kevin who jumped a wall out there? Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> this is parkour uh, Kevin. You yeah. can call him Hack Attack if you'd like. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> Scott, Scott was like, yeah, Kevin just jumped the wall. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that with the green one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's a big 10-foot green wall for everyone who can't <laughs> see us right now. <laughs> I made sure to kick it on the stud, too. I looked where it was. I was okay. like, I'm not going to kick a hole in Yogi's wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm impressed by that, man. Mm-hmm. So when did the coaching come into it? So you took a while to learn some things yourself. Mm-hmm. And did you find that you had this heart to teach or coach other people? When did I, that part come in? I was coaching on the course. So I would do my, what is it, elite lap at 7.30. Then I would do another lap at 10.30, 11. And that would be the fun lap where I found myself coaching on the course helping people on the wall, helping people on the rope. But then in 2016, I got NASM certified, NASM. And as I was doing a CrossFit class, uh, they were looking to open up an OCR class. And they said, why don't you get SGX certified and actually become a legit coach? And so I did that. I've only been coaching officially since 2016 OCR stuff. 
That's awesome. I, I agree. The thing I love about Spartan races is that camaraderie that's out on the course. Mm-hmm. And um, I've wondered that for the elite runners. I've never run an elite lap, mm-hmm. nor would I. I'm not that fast. Um, but I wondered about that for the elite runners, how you still have that camaraderie that I love so much. It's going back and helping the people in the open wave. Is that Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Like uh, I remember Brandon Cracker, he was like three after the elite lap he walked back onto the course about a mile and a half two miles in and he was helping people through the monkey bars he was telling them you you're there you got a mile and a half to go it's just right there keep pushing and that was after he was done with his lap but elite spartans during that heat it's not it's you're trying to win yeah yeah uh, it's got the competitive yeah but then afterwards they'll walk the course and help with obstacles and it's Really good. That's nice to have both sides of it. Yes. I mean, because it's the competition's fun, yes. and it's awesome to see people at what they're good at—running, jumping over walls, whatever—really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, in the one heat, yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. See both sides of it there. Yeah, I. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, I don't know. Need to work on my speed more. For the, oh yeah. For, yeah. <laughs> that, I could catch them on the obstacles, but there's some people. I mean, they're five-minute miles, six-minute miles. Were you a runner before you started the, no. all this? No. No. It was an, I started running eight years ago, maybe, like right before like OCR, but I wasn't running anything speed-wise. It would just be – that would be my – So what were you, what were you doing before that? Because you're pretty jacked, dude. Uh, muscle head <laughs> stuff, bench yeah. press, uh, squat, deadlift, you know, high school football player type stuff. And actually, that's funny because my daughter asked me, she said, so if you go back, what would you do differently? And I'd be like, well, I would work on speed and agility a whole lot more. Like, that's good. You could get stronger. You can gain the weight and you can lift everything. But speed and agility, you can't. That's hard to come by. Yeah. I assume the Spartans are kind of won by speed. Like the elite people that are winning, they're running super fast miles. Yes. Right? Because you're going to find an opening and you're going to, crush a mile for five minute six minute mile right yeah is an elite spartan racer doing a lot of squatting and deadlifting or not really no i don't i wouldn't say so they're doing more wind sprints and running so i mean kind of pure engine yeah there's okay spartan has is known for their heavy carries sandbags buckets stuff like that but when you get into other obstacle races like Tough Mudders, Warrior Dash, um, Battle Frog, when it was around, it's more obstacle based, and those guys definitely aren't doing the bench press and the squatting because you're, it's more geared to like the American Ninja type stuff, like where you need upper body strength, grip strength. Uh, Savage was the other one I couldn't think of it, but yeah, Spartans might do some heavy carries and training with heavy weights. But the other ones, you're looking at Ryan Atkins, who's probably a buck fifty. I mean, or Brandon Cracker, or I can't even think of the military guy's name. They're all skinny. I mean, they're, I'm sure they're strong and they can, but it's all about speed. Mm-hmm. So more body weight focused if they're doing strength. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I heard you did a muscle up on your first try. <laughs> that was my first try at C- or sorry, first try at Thunderbolt. I've so you done them before? No, never. I was never, never done them. So the first time you tried to do one, you did it. Y- no, here. So my whole life, I've tried. Uh, it was 
open 17-2, I believe the workout was. Yeah. So the walking lunges, toes to bar, walking lunges, blah, blah, blah. And then you get to either do chest to bars or yeah, muscle-ups. Yeah. yeah. So I got to the muscle-up, seven minutes left in the wad. I'm like, I just need to get one. Because I saw the interviews, I saw all the promos, like... During the games, you're going to be so pumped. You're just going to get up there, and it's just going to happen. <laughs> Seven minutes. No. Five minutes. No. I'm like, damn. Mm-hmm. Three minutes, and I never got one muscle up. So there was three guys at Thunderbolt. One was Scott. One was a guy who just came from Russia, came back from Russia. Uh, Luis. 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 Yeah. And then the bald guy with the beard. I, I don't know. Or no, Chris. not the officer, not Officer Shane. But Maybe Chris, the, oh, yeah. Clingbeal, probably. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Clingbeal. Clingbeal. So yeah. That's one, a good group of three, though. Yeah. Like, that's what I said. Yeah. They were, so one did it, the next did it, the next did it. I'm like, does everyone here have muscle arms? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, come on, you got it. You're strong enough. I'm like, uh oh, my first wad at Thunderbolt. I better not screw this up. And I guess it was just adrenaline. And once you get it, it's. I heard you strung them then, like right away. Dirt. Cycle a couple? Yeah, dirt. Once you get the motion down, it's pretty cool. It's like clicks. one of them things. Yeah, yeah like the it's rope like run. double unders. You you struggle with them for a while, and then something just clicks in your brain, and then it's like, oh, I got these. I can do them. Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> Never got one of those oh. either. Really? <laughs> this is the magical place to get Dude, it. I guess so. <laughs> right, we got to get those three guys back together. Yeah. <laughs> do they have dubs too? Oh yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the fun part of working out with people that are better at than you at different things. Yeah. Right. That, that's why I love it. Push like, you a little bit. Yeah, like when you're a kid and you play sports with the big kids, that was the best. Yeah. yeah. You get better faster. But yeah, it's like when you're doing, even going through the muscle-up thing in my head, like that whole thing, they didn't really give me many pointers. They just said, no, you can do this. There was like, <laughs> there was no question in her mind. They're like, you're strong enough. You're going to do this. And I'm like, Maybe that's all I needed. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it's A little bit of confidence. It's confidence and yeah. someone showing you the way. You see someone else, you're like, I could do that. Yeah. But I, on the flip side, we've all had that moment when, you know, we're like, oh, I got seven minutes to get, you know, five muscle-ups. No problem. And then you're like, worn out from workout, and you're like, yeah, I don't have any left. <laughs> <laughs> you spent Just five bar, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what can yeah. I do here? I'm Just not going to sit around. <laughs> sit and stare at the bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so while we're talking a little bit about CrossFit and OCR, Tell us, uh, for someone that's only done CrossFit, what would be the benefit of them trying out OCR? What, what do they get from that that they wouldn't get from a CrossFit workout? Has oh. it balanced them out or what's... That's a good question. Well, you're going to learn how to jump wall. You're going to... Not <laughs> Kevin parkour type stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you'll learn stuff that you'll use in real life situation. Rope climbs. I mean, we're out of the jungle now. You're not going <laughs> to... but. It will come in handy by climbing walls, climbing ropes, using your balance, body weight stuff. Uh, Obstacle courses are popular because it puts you in real life situations where there's obstacles that you're going to have to get through. Yeah. Whereas CrossFit will give you the base and the skills, the box jumps. Don't take that box jump to the next level and use it to get over a wall. Or they'll teach you... I. It seems like a good place to apply your fitness. Yeah, yeah. perfect, perfect it, way to say it. It's yeah. a nice way to test yourself. Like you have CrossFit comps as a way to test yourself, but this is another way that you can test yourself with a group of friends. You know, go to a yes. uh, whatever the smaller Spartan. I know there's the different ranges. 
Yeah, oh, to sprint. Yeah, you know, start with a sprint with a bunch of buddies. And, and then challenge yourself yeah. to do a super. Then there's the beast. And then you go to the ultra beast. And that's actually... Uh, 2015 was the year I did two Ultra Beasts, uh, Vermont, and then we went to the World Championship in Tahoe. So what is an Ultra Beast? Uh, pretty much 32 to 38 miles, and it's up a mountain, up and down a mountain twice. Wow. So Vermont, it was Killington, which was 2,500 2, elevation to 6,800 elevation, and then Tahoe is done in Squaw Valley, which you start at 4,000 and end up at 9,000 feet elevation, and you go up and down twice. So you're you're doing 30-something miles, and then are you also doing obstacles? Yes. Okay. Yes. Do they have food along the way, or do you bring your own? Or do you uh, just not eat? <laughs> no, you. Uh, so you'll do one lap up and down the mountain, then you go back to your bin. So you're doing 15 to 16 miles, and you go back to your bin, and you can have any food you want in mm. there. You reload, put your pack on, and then you go up and down the mountain again. So, and so the year I did it, if you did it in under 11 hours, they gave you a free race pass for the next year. Oh wow! So you're looking at the time cap is 15 hours for that race for both races. And for someone who wins it, what's how long would it take them? Uh, Tahoe was nine and change. Wow. So what do you do when you have to pee on something that long? You're in a forest. <laughs> <laughs> but I did not, did not bring toilet paper on the course with me. Oh, no? <laughs> no. Lesson <but> learned? <laughs> yeah. No. And actually, yeah. thank goodness. I never would have thought about that. Yeah. It would just slow you down anyway. Yeah, seriously. Oh, that's what the mud crawls are for. There you oh, go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, there's, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you're swimming through some stuff yeah. some stuff well, that's, yeah. that's just motivation that's motivation to be first though Dude, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> what was the craziest thing that happened out on that course uh tahoe was the swim in 2015 was at the top of the mountain so you're at 9500 elevation and it was like 38 degrees out Ooh. so that was mentally that was the breaking point that broke a lot of people where they just said i'm not getting in that water i'm done so, so the first time you're kind of stupid, didn't realize what was going on. So you're like, Hey, I'll swim. Got out. You're just trying to take one step at a time. Trying Did to you have that reaction where it was like hard to breathe? Oh yeah. 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 And you're just like, get me out of this. Yeah. I, so some people hit the water and froze. Whereas my opposite instinct was get me the hell out of here. So you so started then, yeah. swimming real fast. <laughs> yeah. So I talked to other people after race. They're like, yeah, I quit right after that because I saw you and it was like I was standing still. I was swimming, I was moving, but you flew right past me. And they're like, I knew that's when I was done with done with the race. Interesting. So had you done swim prep? Have you had you practiced? You just jumped in there and Yeah, I mean I've swam at other OCRs and that's yeah. maybe two hundred or I did a Naperville sprint try. Okay. So I mean a little bit of training. Yeah, yeah four hundred meters. It's nothing like I'm a swimmer. Yeah. What was the most that you ran in practice leading up to that? Longest uh, training run? Six hours. Six okay, so hours. not by miles, but by hours? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty much strap on, the weight vest, throw a buck. I was doing, so Lake Patterson has a hill. I just went up and down that. So it would be three walking ones with heavy carries and then one sprint. And I just did that for six hours. 
Did you have a specific goal going into it? I mean, were you like, I'm going to win this thing or I'm going to do it under a certain amount of time? What were you shooting for mentally going in? I'm not going to quit? or what? Yeah, well, that's definitely yeah. the first thing that there's no option to quit. You're like, I'm in this and quitting's not an option. But so when I did Vermont, it was just finish the race. And I finished that in just 12 and change, meaning like 12 hours and three minutes or whatever. And then so I'm like... The championships was in Lake Tahoe. I got invited, and it was like three weeks later. I wasn't signed up for it. And that was like, well, I'm in the best shape I'm probably ever going to be in right now because I've been focused on Vermont. So let's just jump in. So I jumped into Tahoe, and then I heard about the free year pass, and I'm like, 11 hours. I got to get that. That's That's my goal now. Yeah. So... And I got my free year pass. And, what was your time? Uh, 10, 42-ish. Oh, okay. 42, 45. And ended up, <laughs> most amazing thing, I guess going back to back 30 miles up a mountain isn't good for you because I hurt my ankle. Uh. <laughs> and so most of the next season, I couldn't race with that uh, free pass. Even though you had anyway. the free oh. pass, that's ironic. Yeah. yeah, it went from elbow to ankle, elbow to ankle. And I'm just like, <laughs> I can race if I want. <laughs> Um, can we talk about strong as Oak? Sure. So that's, that's your training program, training program, motivational group. Yeah, that's okay. So let's rewind to why that started strong as Oak started as a Facebook group. And it was for me training. It was to call me out on my training for the 2015 Vermont ultra beast, which I put myself into that position to raise money for the Autistic Society of Illinois for my son. They created a page for me, and I said, well, first I was going to do the race. And I said, if I do this, can we raise money for autism? Can we do something for it? And they said, yeah, uh, we'll get a page going for you, and every mile you complete, people donate whatever. They could track you. So I'm like, okay, now I I'm I'm have this all signed up, lined up, ready to go. How am I going to gauge my workouts? How am I going to make myself honest in my training? So I created a group of called Strong as Oak on Facebook, and I put some world-class racers in it that I was surprised that they actually participated in it. And so I would just post my workouts every day, be like, okay, I did hill sprints for an hour and 15 minutes. What would you do? And that's, it was supposed to be a collaboration of everyone sharing their training ideas, and then it just grew into what it is now, uh, workouts, uh, promotional thing, merchandise, stuff like that. But that's how it got started. How'd you come up with that name? Uh, the neighborhood I lived in is was called Oakhurst. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, yeah. So it wasn't very, I wish I could say it was some amazing thing. But <laughs> hey, it works. Yeah, there you go. Isn't, now, isn't there a race that's a Strong as Oak race that you do as well, like that you organize? Yes. Uh, actually, Molly was in yeah. this year. Uh, it's about an 8K. It's a little bit over four miles at Lake Patterson. And we do it with rec bag. So you have to carry a rec bag with your teammate, uh, four and a half miles roughly. Some obstacles, uh, definitely there's a hill. It's a 35-grade hill percent grade so about the only one in aurora right? i know yeah it's hard <laughs> to find elevation around here so we have to use that and uh yeah we put that on last weekend of april every year okay is yeah. that to raise money for 
the foundation? Uh, no, actually, no. Just that, for fun? Yeah, that actually, so the last three years is to add to our inventory of rec bags. So, ah. so yeah, now we're up to 92 rec bags. So now the race has 200 participants. So now maybe next year we might actually make money. <laughs> it's so funny when we were yeah. talking to the lady business owner or CrossFit business owner or women and oh, right. a couple of them do competition, run competitions. And we were like, oh, what do you make all this money on competitions? And they said, ah, it generally just goes for more equipment for the gym. Yeah, you know, that's what we use it for. Yeah. Yeah. Can you fit 92 rec bags in your truck? Uh, actually, I was just talking to Scott. They might fit upstairs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where, where are they now? Uh, in a storage facility. Oh, okay. But after the race, yeah, I had to make three loads in the pickup van. So so you can take 92 bags in three loads. Yeah. No, so yeah. 30-ish. Yes. Wow. That's a lot of cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> Lifting them up. I was going to say, I had a blast doing that race. Um, there aren't a lot of, in my opinion, there aren't a lot of like great trails in yeah. this area that are actually dirt trails and... Um, that Oakhurst or Lake Patterson is one of them. Yes. You can get back off there, off the beaten path. And um, I had a blast doing that race. It was muddy. Yep. It was off the beaten path. You went up and down the hill a couple Somewhat times. Somewhat cold. Yeah. It was and a little cold. Yeah. Got in the water up to your waist. It's good if it rains a week before because then it gets flooded. And Yeah, there was. I was pretty wet. It was definitely up to my waist, I think. For other taller people, it was maybe their knees. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the year before it rained all week leading up to They actually, the Forest Preserve called us. They said, do you want to cancel your race? Because the water's like all washed out the trails and everything. We're like, perfect. Nope. <laughs> so you, you like that more? Yes. It's a mud race. <laughs> yeah. It's another obstacle to add into the race without actually doing an obstacle. Okay. So if you wear a pair of shoes into that, is that just kind of like the the last hurrah for that pair of shoes or can you save them the first couple of races i did yeah they were like but now if done. you get in ocr type shoes they drain re really well you wash them out after they're made to get muddy and dirty that's where you're gonna lose crossfitters because crossfitters love their shoes man i've yeah. seen that yes <laughs> so i have a specific pair of race shoes and i don't use them in crossfit and yeah. i just like you said i hose them out set yeah. them outside to dry in the sun and yeah. I only wear them for that type of terrain. And don't get me wrong. Right when you put those shoes back on, they're crusty or <laughs> nasty. You just have to jump in water again. And then it sucks and suction right to your foot again. Refresh them. Yes. But yeah, when you first put them on, they're nasty. <laughs> so let's say someone's listening and they're like, I like the sound of this OCR thing. It's, it sounds like something fun. What's a good way for a beginner to get started? I mean, there's so many different races. Like, is there one that's better than another for a beginner? Um, and is there a certain type of training they should be doing versus something like what's the best way to get started as a total beginner if they've never done an OCR? Uh, grip strength, core, walking lunges. I mean, nine, no, 90 would be way over. Probably two thirds of the course is grip strength. You're going to be gripping the rope. You're going to be gripping monkey bars. Everything they build is working on grip strength. So... That goes from farmer carries, dead hangs, anything you can do, holding your body weight, go to the park with your kids and use the monkey bars, get used to being having your feet off the ground, hanging by your arms. Um, and then of the different races out there, um, is there a reason they should choose a Savage over a Tough Mudder, over a Spartan, over a Warrior Dash? It would be your body type and what you're looking for. So Spartans are known for heavy carries. 
So I would think someone like Kevin Hack's size, he would dominate. He would have a better chance at Spartan. He would, the bucket would be like a pillow to him. He can walk with it. Did you hear that, Kevin? There you go. You signing up? Yeah, it's all that running <laughs> in between. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at some point. But they're all going to have running, so you have yeah. to find what yeah. caters to your strength. But you said you only have to run like three quarters of a mile at a time? Yes. Especially That's if you manageable. do the open wave, there's going to be bottlenecks yeah. at every obstacle. Uh, that was my experience, too, when we did that Spartan, I don't know, what was it, eight miles or something? I'm not sure. That would super. be the super. Super. The super. Yeah. I'm thinking we're like running a lot you know, eight miles and it's literally, you run for a little bit and you're like waiting like to get across the log or something, you know, it does, you run a little bit and then you're that the next obstacle, you have to stop to do the obstacle. And sometimes you're waiting for other people there. So it's, it's not at all like a, uh, a 5k or a half marathon. I mean, it's the, at least at our level, cause we weren't running that fast anyway. Right. Um, I don't know what it was more like. It was definitely a fun for me. I noticed the camaraderie a lot. It was really cool. Because we had a group of, I don't know how many people. I can't remember that year if it was 10 or 10 maybe. Something. And it was a lot of like, we're working as a team to get through these obstacles, right? So, you know, you may get through it, but then you're kind of helping your buddies get through it. And even people you don't know are helping you. So there was, we had to scale this. It was like a, it wasn't a wall, man-made wall. It was literally like the ground was like a super steep hill. Yes. And you're, there's roots and stuff and you're kind of like climbing up it. And the people above you who are just random people are like reaching down to help get you up. Mm-hmm. Which was, I thought, pretty cool. So getting back to that point, <laughs> I ran 13.1 miles yesterday. I did a half marathon, and I'm like, this sucks. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Just straight. I was on the trail, but I'm like, there's nothing to break up to run. Like, at least obstacle, you could think obstacles are hard, but you run a mile, do an obstacle, then you run another mile. It, that's so much more easier mentally than being like, yeah. Okay. You become the math major. I'm at yeah. four six. I got to run eight point two miles. I'm down to seven point five more miles. Or you in, think of it like a CrossFit head. workout where you know you have a four hundred in between doing this lifting stuff. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's definitely broken up for the people that hate running or are afraid of running. It's not. It doesn't feel like a. Yeah. Me. Well, I'm sure at the elite level where they're like really go really running. So I I want to add on to that as a runner, <laughs> with a running bias, um, having done some of the longer ones like the. Um, I guess it would have been a beast in Ohio. It's a beast, right? Mm -hmm. Um, A a thing that I have seen a lot of CrossFitters do is not do the running training. And to me, there's nothing worse than getting out on the course and having to walk a significant portion. You're out there for way too long. Um, And the way I've always done it is with a team. So I always stick with whoever's at the back or if somebody has an issue. And that's what I love. but I will say that when people haven't trained to do the running, you are out there for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is the body type difference too. Like I've always been more of the runner build. So the running's the easy part for me versus lifting the crazy heavy stuff. So I don't have to train the running side as much as I have to train the strength side. So getting back to your original question, then you would be more suited for a savage w- race where the obstacles are fun, more geared towards uh, grip strength, American Ninja type stuff. And then just jumping in the water. Yeah. Uh, Tough mutters would be your strong suit. There's, they do have a sandbag carry as a penalty lap, but I think it's like twenty pounds. Yeah. Is so, that new? Uh, a penalty having a penalty at the tough mutter? No, they it's always, always been had, like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the world's toughest and tougher mutters. Yeah, they always. If you don't okay. complete an obstacle, they make they send you on. But if you're in the open wave, there's no penalty. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do all the obstacles. And some of their penalty wa- waves are just running three quarters of a mile. It's very simple. They're not 
Tough Mudder is probably the most team-based orientated uh, OCR there is. If, like, if you want to just get in with a group of friends, help each other, that would be the one to start with. Is that what you did? I've never done a Tough Mudder. Oh. Um, honestly, the, um, the electricity scared me off. I hear they don't use that anymore, though. Or do they? Uh, they transferred it to another obstacle. Is that where you have to crawl under like electrified wires or something? Run through them, yes. Run through them? Yes. So, so they're hanging down like Christmas lights. So do you try to avoid them or do you just... You try. <laughs> you try to fall forward? How about that? <laughs> so they moved it to... So they did take down the hanging wires. And now they have electrified wall that you have to put like a pull cue through that's metal and then you have to unhook a circle thing through the wall it's really hard to explain but essentially if your pull cue touches the wall the circle you get shot so it's like operation yeah, yeah. exactly it's there like you go. the game I operation think that's the name of an obstacle now that you said that is <laughs> it operation. i think it is operation and we have to google it so that's working on hand-eye coordination yeah here? just yeah. that the risk nervous. of getting shocked. Yes. I'm sure it takes a lot of mental toughness under fatigue mm-hmm. and knowing that there's like a physical penalty that's got to... Standing in water, they do have like a foot thing, a little bucket that you have standing in full of water. What? Oh, wow. Yeah, so it is a mental... So have you gotten shocked? Knocking wood, no. Okay. I did <laughs> with the running one. With the running one. Yeah. But that one, I completed seven laps for the tough, tougher mutter last year and I made it every time. Thank goodness. Okay. I think it's the fear of <laughs> getting <laughs> back. So I think going back to that, what's a beginner need to think about? One thing that scares a lot of beginners away from CrossFit, and I think probably obstacle course racing, is they think I have to be in perfect shape or I have to be able to do every movement. Is there some concept of scaling or how does it work in an, in an obstacle course race if you're just like, look, I don't know how to do this thing or I can't do it? Are they just like eliminated or there's options? They, they do the burpees and move on kind of thing? Yeah, or? You, you get to pick... What well, first of all, to anyone who's afraid they're not in shape, just start. I mean, you're never gonna get in shape till you start, so that's one thing. But no, there's definitely scaled versions of no one's gonna make you do an obstacle. Your first race, I mean, you can burpee out at Spartan or other races will just take your band. It's not you have to do there's never a situation where they make you do it so you can still do the experience enjoy the experience without having done every obstacle kind of thing yes now there are people who will skip an obstacle and not even do the burpees for it that Ooh. i have a problem with yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that i have an issue with but if you don't want to do anything crazy yeah don't do it and how does that work in your uh strong as oak training class i mean you have certain ways you modify the training to you know if someone says hey i just can't do this movement yes uh, just like CrossFit's modified, but the beginning of each class will go over one strength skill issue. Like we did the Spartan hurdle one day, we did the wall, uh, and then if they can't do that, we'll have progressions on how to get through the Spartan hur- hurdle. How it's a jump squat, a muscle up or a dip essentially, and then hook the leg. So we'll take them over to the rig, get them used to just hooking the leg over the top of the rig how to do jump squats, and they'll progress through that. Or the wall that we have over here, we'll start off with a six-foot wall, an eight-foot wall. It's all the same body mechanics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a spear that you throw around for the spear throw? Yes, we brought that here a couple of times. Okay, yes. all right. <laughs> that, and that, I could tell you what to do on that, but I still think that's 
a 50-50 shot. Oh, even for people that are kind of know what they're doing. I'm sure yeah. the most elite can nail it most yeah. of the time. Because I competed against a guy who was a javelin thrower in high school. Oh, well, that's... That, that was a whole different ball game. He was like, boom, 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 boom. Velocity was there. Me, I'm maybe 60% at most. Yeah. Seem to do better at races than I do practicing. My practice, I'm not mentally focused. You're a game time player. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid to do the burpees. <laughs> yeah. So true beginners can be in your class. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And then what would be the risks? Because I've seen this before. Um and have my opinion about it. But for somebody where their friends say, hey, let's sign up for Warrior Dash, mm -hmm. and they do no training at all, and they're kind of, um, they're not used to any type of training, what are the risks of that situation, injury-wise? I mean, to be completely honest, you could fall on your neck, and I mean, yeah. the, the worst risk is, I mean, in the worst situation, I. Two years ago, someone died at doing a Tough Mudder. I mean, that's very far and few be between. I mean, did, no one wants to hear that. But. How did that happen? Uh, <coughs> don't, the water, don't say right? the javelin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was not the javelin. No. Yeah, they fell. They dove into the water, dove neck first, and then people kept jumping on top of them. Oh. So yeah. that was a human error mistake. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you signed the waivers, and that's the worst case. And like. All the mud runs, there's probably been four to five, I would say, like yeah. serious, serious injuries. <laughs> but mostly you'll get your sprained ankle, you'll get your wonky elbow, you'll come off a wall. Wrong. Oh, <laughs> sorry. So shoulder, ankle, yeah. wrist, elbow. It's, yeah. You, one thing you have to learn is landing sticking to landing because you're going to land on uneven surfaces gravel mud whatever uh coming down off the wall coming off the rig you're mostly going to hurt your ankle i mean to be honest and that was you said you ran into a ankle and well that was you were like running 30 miles up a mountain right yeah twice <laughs> yes <laughs> so that was that was overuse not like that was probably overuse. yeah i yeah. think yeah and considering i don't have much of a running background like in high school i played football but yeah never track or anything so my body's just like hey stupid Slow down. <laughs> well, I mean, and there's there's risks to just sitting on the couch. Mm -hmm. There's risks to movement. Yes. And then there's another set of risks when you're at an elite level, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, as we've seen at the CrossFit Games, people are training at a very high level, and there's yeah. risks to injury there as well. Um, but I think, I think the risk of just sitting around and not doing anything is... Yeah. The worst risk The of worst all. risk of yeah, all, right. yeah. It's like <laughs> I'm your health, yeah. Not yeah. to participate. <laughs> yeah, no. and I think it's hard too when so many of us have day jobs where we're sitting behind a computer all day. So it's nice to have something where we're moving the body around as it's supposed to be moved. And yes. um, I feel like you know you look at the rise of obstacle course racing and the Spartans and Warrior Dash and how they've really taken off because they've sort of hit this nerve of we're all so I don't know what the right word is domesticated and like you know we're just in our cubes typing away and there's a need of our body to kind of be out in the woods running around you know the weekend warrior <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what they're catering to now yeah yeah um i think they also tap into the community the same way crossfit does people need each other they're so lonely and isolated that's and true. they're craving community you get out there on the course and you know all of a sudden you have this family you didn't even know you had all and and people that i will never see again that you know either they helped me or i helped them and you have this moment of connection Definitely. Yeah. That's the, yeah, that's, 
as soon as you get past the elite level, that's what it's all about. To be honest. And even the elites go back. Just that first wave. Yeah. That, yeah. Don't you have a cool, like, Spartan camaraderie story? Spartan uh. camaraderie story. Check the um, files. For yeah, that. check the file. I have a lot. I got to think of which one would. Uh, I feel like you told stand me like out. some teary-eyed stuff about a Spartan race before. Um, <laughs> if not, I'll edit this. She out. got well, hurt. <laughs> <laughs> she got hurt and cried. No, no. Well, I, I'm. Sh- I you have a feeling. In the face that one time. Wasn't there something, <laughs> something about I a rope climb? A guy climbing a rope and. That was teary-eyed, but that's because you oh, got kicked I'm in the th- face. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm thinking of what it is, but the one he's talking about where I got kicked in the face um i ha- i'm spartan sgx as well okay. and i was out um working the sgx booth at okay. a race helping people <laughs> they walk up and they say i don't know how to climb a rope can you teach me how to climb a rope right before i go out of the course <laughs> and i was helping show somebody how to do the s hook and um her foot kind of didn't stay in the rope and her knee just came up and she she whapped me in the nose it was uh that was painful, but that's not the story. That's not the teary. That's not the teary. That's right. Um, <clears throat> I have seen several occasions where a team takes someone out on the course who is either in a, um, a wheelchair or has a or is differently abled. Maybe they have crutches or something like that, and the entire team works to get that person across the the course, and that is one of the most inspiring things. I've ever heard of. And the other inspiring story I was thinking of, I believe it was Corn Fed, uh, which is a different group mm-hmm. that does races together. Someone passed away in their group and they all carried a stone across the course to uh, represent um, their friend. Yeah. So uh, Oscar Mike usually does that for a veteran, a wounded veteran. I participate in two of their teams. And these are. Uh, amputees these are people in wheelchairs who can't walk they'll carry them essentially carry them across obstacles wheel the wheelchair through the mud through they do all the obstacles they put them through everything i've done it twice at the chicago spartan they usually have their own little heat like 10 30 they go off and they'll pick one veteran and carry them across the course and the guys they still do the obstacles themselves though and everything they're just kind of carry for the run well, some of them can't even do an obstacle. So mm-hmm. you'll repel the amputee up the cargo net and then roll them over. I mean, wow. they part- it's a lot of work. I have to give much respect to Oscar Mike and what they do to help. That's awesome. That yeah. is very inspiring. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it really represents what we all are doing. I mean, mm-hmm. we're even as coaches, we're thinking about that person who's never done this before, thinks they can't do it. And as a team, you know, getting someone out on the course who physically couldn't do it by themselves or that person who thought they couldn't do it and you get them across the course, this is some of the most inspiring. There's definitely a lot of tears during that that heat, I guess. Yes. And as you're going along the course, getting back to the camaraderie thing, like you're obviously going to be lapped by the people behind you going starting later. They're coming up, they're helping you, they're joining in, get them over to cargo net, doing whatever they can. There's definitely camaraderie there. It's kind of the opposite of CrossFit. In CrossFit, there's a lot of camaraderie when we're training for something, and then when the wad starts, you're you're on your Solo. own. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the opposite there. You, you do a lot of training on your own for that, and then when it's race day, that's kind of where it comes out. And except yeah. the end, you usually have everybody kind of like cheering on, helping out the someone's 
finishing last right oh yeah, yeah but i mean if we're if we're doing fran together oh right, if yeah, i'm yeah. in the middle of it i'm not sorry oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> i'm not gonna help you i was wondering why you didn't nice help job. me, through, right? you me <laughs> <laughs> let me let me adjust your clips here i, gotta, <laughs> I mean when we, like when we were just at the games it was kind of cool how uh camille was helping amanda barnhart through the pegboard after right? she finished yeah, yeah after she finished yeah and I thought, oh, that's kind of a cool so thing about CrossFit. So it's a little CrossFit. bit more like the elite wave, I guess, of Spartans, where everybody's mm. out there to win. Oh, that's true, yeah. But then yeah. they might come back and help out. Yeah, but there's many a times, getting uh, to your point, like I think to myself how introverted I am. I mean, you're out there training for three to four hours, and no one's running with you. You're carrying a bucket by yourself. Are you crazy? Are you stupid? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, people walk by and be like, why are you carrying that bucket? What are you doing? <laughs> And you have no one to talk to. You're just doing it. And then, yeah, on race day, everyone seems to come together because that's the only time to actually see other people doing yeah. the same stupid stuff you yeah. do. What percentage of the time do you train alone? Most of it. I Most mean, of it? So when you go out, you had a 10-mile run this morning. Yeah, I ran with my running partner, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys, there goes my whole argument. <laughs> uh, were you talking? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Until the end, then you weren't running fast. (laughs) It was long, slow distance, though. To be fair, (laughs) but no, like if it yesterday was an hour and a half of trail running, then if I did buckets, that would be another thirty to forty-five minutes. So you're looking at two-hour workouts, and I mean, compared to the rest of the time, you're by yourself. It's interesting because we've talked about this as CrossFit coaches, where sometimes the thing that you loved, which is CrossFit kind of turns into you and, and the community turns into you doing a lot of workouts by yourself as a coach. It, it, yeah. it happens. And that may be for you too, that you're, you're not taking a class so much anymore, but having to do those workouts solo. So I don't even know if this is a place to talk about this, yeah. but this is something that I find that I'm having a problem. I struggle with this so much now, like to put myself out there as a coach, cuts down my own workout time in half. Yeah. Yep. yep. So I'm like, I don't feel like I'm at the peak of my career like I was in 2015. And I have a real problem gauging myself being like, no, you're still a good coach. You're just not in the best shape you were in 2015. Like, I'm like, how am I supposed, my workouts have fallen off because I'm coaching so much. And sometimes I have a problem thinking, should I still be coaching? I don't well, know. you it, definitely should be, but yeah. yeah, it depends on what your goals are. And also, I mean, when we, again, back to that, when we talked to the women CrossFit owners, they were like, one of my biggest self-care things is to make sure I get a workout in. But it's, we joked that it was so ironic because you'd think a gym owner, they have all day to work out, right? But yeah. the reality is they're coaching so many other people through workouts. It's, it's hard to find the time for themselves to do it. And it is that weird balance of, you know, you want to stay in shape and, and meet your goals, but you also have this goal to help other people right and so how do you balance those two yeah it's a little i don't know something you had that yeah sometimes when i don't have time to work out i'll make the warm-up really hard and then i'll do it with every class yeah <laughs> bring up sally exactly yeah. bring sally I did up. that four times one night <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i just throwing some ideas out there because this is something I've worked through and problem solved for myself. Um, And hopefully getting better. Sometimes it's not good. (laughs) Sometimes I don't get my workouts in. Um, But putting that time, like making a date with yourself, putting that time on the schedule. And even the best coach in the world needs a coach. A coach needs a coach, not only the athletes. So putting myself in class and letting somebody else coach me. So just throwing it out there as an idea. 
who are, I know you have several um, friends that are also coaches, but putting that time on your schedule to take a class is something to think about. That would definitely, yeah, that yeah. works. It's, it's hard. It's hard. Um, but I don't think your abilities as an athlete have anything to do with you as a coach. That's two different things, um, in my opinion. No, that makes yeah. sense. It's also different skill sets. I mean, you see people that are like not in great shape, but are awesome coaches and uh, vice versa. People that are awesome athletes, but can't coach anyone to save their life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not uh, even the time in class. I'm sure, as you all know, the time outside of class. Yeah. Trying to program someone, trying to be creative because you don't want to be cookie cutter. Like, okay, you're yeah. going to roll out Fran today. Well, you're let's just... Fran. Everyone always says, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you got to take one of Yogi's classes because he puts all this... That's what I was going to say. You're one of the most creative coaches I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Very creative. Well, thank you. I don't know how to take compliments. So (laughs) that's going to go really bad over a podcast. So moving on to the next (laughs) thing. (laughs) Hop over that hurdle next. (laughs) But uh, I guess we can get in that a little bit. How do you plan out like what you're going to do for a class or keep it fresh or interesting? Uh, I try to point one obstacle that we're going to work on or one core facility like core point in the workout it's me grip strength it's going to be cardio it's going to be anaerobic we're going to but the problem i run in when you try to do an anaerobic workout is you're at a crossfit gym so they're getting their anaerobics done right and you don't want to mesh it too much so we'll work on one obstacle geared towards maybe like the wall and then we'll focus throwing a couple anaerobics then throw in a carry and then throw in just uh, aerobic you because OCR you're running three to four miles no matter what so you want something that we know that all crossfitters can work out and I'm work on and I'm not looking at Kevin right now well running yeah <laughs> that aerobic that longer let's just say longer aerobic yeah I'm more of a drag racer I'm not I'm not like a diesel so <laughs> that's what I was told when I first programmed like on my third workout, they're like, do you want no one to show up to your class? Program <laughs> a long run. And yeah, I said, I'll, yeah. I'll take that bet. Yeah. <laughs> and I programmed two one-mile runs, and there's a lot of crickets. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm like, really? There, okay. There's a meme out there that shows a CrossFit coach sitting in the middle of the gym with their arms up, like, program <laughs> to run. Nobody showed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so I try to mix in and – aerobic variation get some running get a carry in get some that works your grip strength and then pick out one obstacle to focus on for that workout and just like an ocr course go 45 minutes 50 minutes go at your own pace you don't have to race and just do it as many times as possible in that 45 to 50 minute besides running what are crossfitters the worst at have you been surprised by anything like come on i thought you guys were fit no actually i I was just going to say at the games this year, I I was always suspect that CrossFit was, boom, instantaneous, short interval ver- ver- like bursts. And if I got them on an OCR course, maybe they're going to do all the lifts heavier than me and lifts faster than me. But I'm going to catch them. When we, if it's an eight-mile course, I'm going to catch them on my, my run if it takes them whatever and then after seeing the games this year how they extended the workouts the marathon row mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, i couldn't do that and then the obstacle course race this year was actually a run where they had to do the buddy yeah. carry and yeah. yeah i don't know exactly how long it was but it wasn't like last year's when they just did the beach workout yeah. and right. it was a short sprint it was actually yeah. a lot of running 
Well, and they so, had the swimming and the wall and pegboards. I mean, it it did have a lot of OCR kind of stuff in it. Yeah, during they're elongating the workouts. It's not the short, fifteen to twenty minute burst. So I, if, no, I was very. Well, games athletes. Let's be clear. I I think your average CrossFitter probably needs to do more in that long yeah, domain. Yeah. That's just my outside my opinion. the twenty minute range. Yeah. Yes. yes. They're I, like thirty minutes, sixty minutes. What? <laughs> but yeah, that's why you have to tell them the first thing in class. I'm not going to not let you take a water break. You go at your own pace. Yeah. If it's, I mean, no one wants to walk to 400, but as long as you keep moving, yeah. steady, consistent movement, that's all I can ask for. I'm not going to be like, get running. You know what your body can do. You go as hard as you can. And so you do the first round, you look at the clock, be like, okay, I did that round in 12 minutes. Try to aim for 12 minutes for the next three rounds. And you'll know what your body can do. There's, that's all you can do. That's a great point. I think a lot of people think that uh, all CrossFit workouts and maybe OCR workouts are real military, militant, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can't get water or you better, you know. Whereas for a lot of people, um, they need to work on listening to their body a little bit. Maybe they need mm-hmm. to slow down. Maybe they need to just push through at that slower pace and realize that they can finish mm-hmm. if they move a little bit slower. So You just need yeah. to finish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keep moving, have that positive <laughs> mental attitude, get it done. That's... All it is. Yeah. What's the biggest thing that you feel like OCR has taught you? Is is it that I can get, I can finish anything? Is it the mental side? It's the mental side. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's just that there's not an option not to finish this. So you start it. And I guess I've seen Scott work out. Maybe it is a military mindset, but it's just like, you can't let that self-doubt creep in your head. Like at mile four, like, I don't know if I'm going to get through this. It's just... It's going to be rough, but we're going to get through it. There's a whole, that little one word segment changes everything. Like, I don't know if I'm going to do this versus it's going to be rough, but I'm going to do this. I mean, it's just a mental game. That's all it is. When you're out in the trails by yourself or wherever you are uh, on the mats in the gym, you know you're going to get through it. You just can't back out. That's true. It's what I love about coaching is helping people realize that what they're capable of. Yeah. Teaching them those skills uh, that will, in in real life, keep them going when things get hard, not just in the gym. <clears throat> so looking forward, do you have some big uh, five-year, ten-year goals that you've set up either for yourself in obstacle course racing or for what you want to do with Strong as Oak? Well, uh, <laughs> right now all my f- focus right now is on world's toughest motor this year. Uh, I'm doing that in Atlanta. And I'm just, it's one of them, I would be disappointed with only 50 miles. I'd be ecstatic with 75 miles. So, so back, 60, it's back up, it's a, you don't, you don't know how many miles it's going to be? Or what do you mean by you'd be disappointed with? Uh, so it's a 24 hour race. Oh, and okay. it's five mile lap, five mile loops. And oh, you wow. go, you go as long as you can kind of thing. You go for 24 hours. 24 hours. Yeah. Wow. So I w- so I've done a f- 50 mile races before and that's taken me about I don't know 10 to 12 hours. Mm-hmm. So I'd be really disappointed if it took me 24 hours to get 50 miles again. So I'm hoping for 75, but I never put my body through that. So right. we'll see where we end up. When is that coming up? Uh, November 11th in Atlanta, Veterans Day. Yes. That, yeah. So. 
We'll see how the weather is then. Yeah. <laughs> in Atlanta, it shouldn't be yeah. too bad, right? But they said uh, you're going to start with a wetsuit on. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, they, uh-huh. so usually, there's water. <laughs> Let's oh, just yeah, say yeah, that, yeah. Oh, well, one of their <clears throat> known obstacles is Arctic Enema. Ah, uh, yeah. You got to go through the water bath, a pool of water with ice in it. Arctic Enema. Sounds That's a good name. Sounds refreshing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Maybe if it was at the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, no, I don't have many future plans with Strong as Oak. I can't tell you where we're going to be next year. I didn't think it was going to get to this point. I didn't think there was going to be merchandising. I didn't think there was going to be workouts at gyms. I thought it was a brainstorming club to get ideas for workouts and Lo and behold, those brainstorming ideas worked out amazingly because it brought a bunch of new workouts in my head. So That's awesome. So yet to be determined yes. where Strong as Oak is going to go. Agreed. So the last thing I want to do, just we kind of wrap up, is at least plug your class here for the people who are listening. So when is it? What do people need to do to sign up? Is it in their <laughs> membership? What's the? We at least need to give them the, the, the Thunderbolt strength bump from the podcast. Oh, definitely. Um, well, our, our unlimited members here at Thunderbolt, uh, this class is included with their mm-hmm. membership. Um, so, yeah, tell them when your class is. Uh, it's going to be 6 p.m. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays and maybe a Friday class. We'll see. But it's definitely 6 p.m. is the time and it's twice a week awesome. at Thunderbolt. Total beginners are welcome. They can start at any time kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Everyone's welcome. Even if you're not a member of Thunderbolt, yeah, you yeah. can come and uh, it's a drop-in fee of $15 or two classes for both classes for the week, 25 And then there are other days of the week where you're coaching your obstacle course classes at another location, which yeah. is when and where? Heart Fitness in Plainfield, and that's Mondays and Sundays. Sundays is more of an OCR si- simulation, 50 minutes of go, go, go. Mondays would be practice a skill set and maybe 35 minutes of work. So if someone wanted to, they could do a class with you four days a week? Is that yes, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Yes. Uh, you could look us up on Facebook, Strong as Oak. Uh, the website is strongasoak.net. And yeah. Instagram, look. Strong as Oak. We are we strong, are as, strong as, as Oak. We are strong as Oak. That's right. I had to change it from I am strong as Oak to we. That I didn't sound too good. <laughs> sound a little cocky. So we are strong as Oak. And then uh, what else did we have? No, nope, that's about it. You got a Facebook group too. Yeah. Yes, uh, strong as Oak. But I was going to say look up Yogi Grand. So that, okay. yeah, contact him. All right. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap.